guys and welcome back to the FFP. Me and Rob were just preparing for a fantasy ADP check video. Pretty straightforward. Just going to look at some guys and their average draft positions and whether or not we felt like they were uh, a bust or they were going to be overvalued or undervalued or a steal or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I found a player that I really wanted to talk about and break down in a video by himself, um, and that is Derek Henry. And the reason I want to talk about him is because there's this strange concept in fantasy football where if you go to make a trade in the middle of the season, what's the one phrase that everyone knows? Buy low and sell high. But then we get into draft season and we do not follow that whatsoever. We take players face value for their statistical uh, kind of breakdown from the previous year and almost just expect them to repeat it or to get better, but we never look at the possibility of regression. So what I'd like to do today is convince you guys to follow me in doing what I'm doing, which is not taking Derrick Henry at his ADP. I think he is being overdrafted and drafted a little too high. I think we're going to see some regression and some step back this season. So that's what we're going to do today. I think he's a phenomenal running back. I think he's extremely talented. I think he's the best peer runner in the league. I am not knocking Derrick Henry. This is simply about fantasy value. So anyways, guys, let's get right into it. Let's do a breakdown on why you should be waiting longer than you probably currently are to take Derrick Henry. Yeah, you know, so first thing I want to break down was just how phenomenal his year was last year. 5.4 yards per carry, over 2,000 rushing yards, becoming just the eighth running back to ever do that, finishing second in yards after contact. He was a beast. I mean, he was so fun to watch. He just ran over guys like a freight train. You couldn't stop him. It was great. I mean, let's be honest. Nothing is better than a Derrick Henry stiff arm. It's hilarious. He throws those defenders down to the ground like they're little boys. Um, but when you look at it, statistically, he had a very slow start to his career. And this is maybe one first thing to consider when we look at it. He actually started the first two years of his career not very good, low yards per carry. He then enters his third year of the NFL where he was averaging just 3.7 yards per carry before the final four games where he really took off and finished with 585 yards and 6.7 yards per carry in those four games. And since then, he has not looked back. He's increased his yards per carry from 4.2 to 4.9. 5.1 and 5.4 yards per carry. He has really taken off the last couple of seasons, and we've seen just how productive that offense can be with him running the ball and really essentially being the leader of that offense. In fact, ADP right now has him going off the board as the RB4 in PPR and the RB2 and sometimes even the RB1 in standard league scoring. And I think that is just a bit high. And really, there's one key clue to that. I want to break down the other 2,000-yard rushing running backs and kind of what they can tell us about Derrick Henry. So um, we look at the list there. The other guys are Jamal Lewis, O.J. Simpson, Adrian Peterson, Barry Sanders, Eric Dickerson, Chris Johnson, and Terrell Davis. <clears throat> All of those guys, phenomenal running backs who had insane talent and got huge volume. They found the end zone a lot. There was nothing to dislike about them. They had great seasons. Here's what I wanted to know, though. What's the average statistical regression for a running back who goes over 2,000 yards? It's pretty big. Look at Jamal, Jamal Lewis, uh, finished with 299 fantasy points. The following year, he had 154. That is a 49% regression. He did play in just 12 games there. Uh, O.J. Simpson went from 272 to 148. That's a 46% regression. Adrian Peterson went from 307 to 204. That's a 34% regression. He did it in 14 games. 
Barry Sanders went from 316 to 198. That's 38% drop off. Eric Dickerson, 292 to 198, 33%. He did that in 14 games, so he missed two there. And then Chris Johnson went from 343 to 229. That is a 34% drop off. And finally, Terrell Davis had a 90% drop off in fantasy points. Uh, that number, however, comes from the fact that he played just four games the following season. Um, and he actually, Terrell Davis never played more than eight after his phenomenal year. So he fell off very quickly there. Uh, definitely something to note. But when we average out those drop-offs, they average. And what I did was take out all the players who didn't play full season. So we're, we're looking just at guys like O.J. Simpson and Barry Sanders and such. But uh, they averaged a 41.75% drop-off. Again, I didn't want to count Terrell Davis because injury. And, and I don't want to necessarily expect that you know, Derrick Henry is going to get hurt and only play four games. So we, we cut that out, 41% drop off of fantasy points. For Derrick Henry, uh, let's put that in perspective. If Derrick Henry dropped 40% of his fantasy points, he'd go from 351 down to 204, and he would drop to the RB15. And again, when we go according to ADP, that means probably two or three tight ends will be drafted before him, and probably four or five wide receivers will be drafted before him on top of the other 14 other running backs that drops Derrick Henry's value down to like a third round pick and I know that's crazy concept and I'm not saying that you should drop him to a third round pick but yeah that's what the numbers suggest if he follows the trends of the previous backs before him it's also important to note most of those running backs had their prime years those 2,000 yard seasons at 24 or 25 and then followed that year up at 25 or 26 Derrick Henry will be 27 this year and in his sixth year in the league. So he is a year or two older than most of those guys who had their peak seasons. That is something to know. Um, and the volume has been there. It wasn't just last year that he had that volume. In fact, wondering where I took that note on that. Yeah, there we go. He's had at least 380 carries in both of the last two seasons. Now, that does include the postseason, so I want to clarify that for you guys because you may look at the stats and find it doesn't line up with your regular season records. That's because we included the postseason. Why? Because it's still volume. It still counts. It's still wear and tear on his body, and that's what we need to discuss. And we have seen plenty of running backs fall apart. So we looked at the regression from other backs who had great seasons. What about other running backs who had the type of volume that he had? We look at guys like DeMarco Murray in 2014 with 449 touches. In 2017, Le'Veon Bell had 406. Christian McCaffrey had 403 in 2019. Um, pretty much all of them suffered some rough year following, like McCaffrey getting injured or DeMarco Murray really fell off the map there. I believe he also had an injury. And it just seemed like all of those guys had some sort of an issue. So I want to pause right there and just put that out there. Statistically, when we look at other backs who have seasons this phenomenal, there is big concern that he will follow the trend of not just regression, but extreme regression. Again, 41%, almost 42%. I mean, that's, that's getting close to half of the fantasy production right there. Okay, so I got a few more stats to get through. We're getting some coaching stuff and some scheme stuff and a lot more things, but I did want to go through a few more numbers. And one is 1,073. That's how many yards Derrick Henry had after contact last season. To put into perspective how historic and dominant that is, only three other running backs, that being Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, and Aaron Jones, rushed for more than 1,070 yards total last season. Um, and he did it just after contact. He was insane 
I'm going to be honest, I just don't see any way that he can do that again. I just don't think that's possible. Could be wrong, but there are some more reasons to be concerned. One, he is going to see more attention from opposing defenses. And when you look at it, there's definitely some weakness in his game. We always admire running backs who finish strong, and Derrick Henry is a guy who finishes strong. Take a look at this. He averaged 6.6 yards per carry in the fourth quarter. That's great. That's awesome. Here's the problem with it. He averaged 3.8 yards per carry in the first quarter showing us that he really needed to wear down defenses. But if the Tennessee Titans are smart at all, and you get in a fourth quarter game where either you're getting blown out and you cannot win, or you're getting beat by a lot, and you need a third down back out there catching passes, or you're up big and you don't want to hurt your star back, there's a lot of opportunity for him to see very low fourth quarter touches this season. He's also, again, he's not a third down back. He had, what was it, just 15 catches excuse me, averages only 15 catches per year. Um, not very great. He's a stud in standard leagues, but PPR concerns. In fact, he's got just 76 career catches over, what is that, uh, the last five NFL seasons. Um, no more than 19 catches in a single season. And again, you look at that number 76. Last year was a down year for receiving running backs, and yet still Alvin Kamara and J.D. McKissick both had more single-season catches than Derrick Henry has had in his five years in the league. So that is certainly another interesting stat to note. But here's my big concern, and I see two things here. One is the addition of Julio Jones, and two is the changing of their offensive coordinator. One, you put a guy out there like Julio Jones. Julio Jones does a few things well. One, he's just an elite Hall of Fame wide receiver who is still playing really well. I mean, he was on pace for like 1,400 yards last year and generated a quarterback rating of, I think it was at least 130. Um, he is going to help the Titans throw the ball more. And it's going to be good for the Titans as a whole. Their offense is going to be more productive and they're going to hold defenses more accountable. But it does mean they're going to be a little less reliant on their running game. And again, that's probably a good thing if they want to keep him healthy. And healthy is going to be very important. We looked at it um, during our running back rankings video of the top 24 running backs. They average like 14 games. And that doesn't include the players who are top 24 talents like McCaffrey or Barkley, who just didn't even get to play that many games. So certainly something there to consider. But uh, huge, huge, that's going to be a question mark for me. What does that offense look like with their new passing game weapon? And it's not just a new passing game weapon, guys. They have a new offensive coordinator. Arthur Smith is no longer there. They move to their tight end coach in Todd Downing, who has, through his previous coaching experience, proven that he does not run the ball as much as Arthur Smith did. He does like to throw the ball. And again, that could fit in very well with trying to keep their running back healthy and do lots of things there and be a more diverse offense. So yeah, they're still going to be a team that is going to run the ball first. They're going to dominate with the play action. They're going to give volume to their running back. But are they going to give him 380 plus touch volume? I don't think that that's going to happen this season. I certainly wonder about that. For me, guys, I just look at all the numbers that we're breaking down, seeing all the kind of the fall off that other running backs have had. We've seen what Le'Veon Bell did. We've seen what Todd Gurley did. We've seen what countless other elite running backs do. You cannot get that much volume for that many seasons. And 
The other thing maybe even to look at is 5.4 yards per carry was pretty darn good last year, which is uncommonly high for such physical running backs. But among the other 2,000-yard rushers, 5.4 yards per carry is not that good at all. I believe Barry Sanders in his 2,000-yard season was averaging 6 yards per carry, uh, which is phenomenal, by the way. And he ran in a much different style, and many of those guys did, guys like Barry Sanders who, you know, they were avoiding tackles to gain their yards, which means they were seeing less physicality and less contact and thus were able to draw out their careers over a longer span of time. I'll say this, guys, he will finish as an RB1, Derrick Henry will, but the difference between finishing closer to 10 or closer to 1 is big. You do not want to waste your first round pick by drafting him number two or number one overall, which I have seen people do this offseason, and it's killing me, especially in PPR leagues. That might even be the most concerning thing of it all. Sure, in a standard league, I get it. Pick him number one, number two overall. Maybe I might try to find another option, but I understand it. I do. Um, I've seen him go in the top three in PPR leagues, and that is a real conundrum to me. Uh, there's already so much risk there. There's already so much concern there, and you're not playing the system or using your scoring to your advantage. So there's a real head scratcher in my opinion. But hey, that's just my breakdown, guys. That's just my opinion. We will be coming out with another six players for our fantasy ADP check video coming out soon as whenever Rob can record that. But for now, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Who are those top backs that you're taking? If you have one of the first five picks who are your first five options? I'm going to leave mine down in the comment section below. And again, just one more time, consider waiting a few more picks before taking Derrick Henry as he kind of scares me this season. But as always, guys, you have a great day and God bless.